the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Vows are promises made to God to deliver you from a plight you cannot deliver yourself from. And when God delivers you, see it as that. Cursory overviews of God's Word, the life of Jephthah is reminiscent for all of us of a vow. And that is what we'll explore today, this vow that Jephthah makes and what it really means. Just what is a vow? Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. Again, we are back in Judges chapter 11. We have a final look at this man called Jephthah. And the various illustrations his life gives to us as it relates to our lives in Christ and what Christ has done for us. It's a very encouraging look at what a vow is. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Psalm 116, verse 14. I'm going to bring you to Christ in a minute because I want you to see that Christ made a vow. The only reason you say is because a vow between the Father and the Son. You've heard it before. Start at verse 12, if you will. What shall I render unto to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? You see how he's thinking? Appreciation. Trying to figure out what he's going to do for all the blessings that's given to him by God. See, this is about agape. Remember, agape gives. Agape gives. Agape gives. Agape says, what can I do for the object of my love? What can I do for the person who has been so good to me? When last time you said that about God, Lord, what shall I do to render unto you for all the benefits that you have given unto me? Here it is. Here it is. This is what you shall do. And this is a consistent theme. I will take the cup of salvation. I'll believe the gospel. I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I'll believe that he died for my sins, past, present, and future. That he will keep me by his grace and lead me to glory. That he will make me born again so that I love and adore his word. I will trust in the Lord and call upon the name of the Lord. Do you see that last line? Are you ready? He's talking about praising God in worship publicly with the people of God as a vow. Somehow, worship publicly in the form of proclamation lets the world know that God is real and that he has done something for the people for whom they are now rendering collective praise and thanksgiving and honor to God for his goodness in their life. It's a vow. Worship is a vow. It's not an option. 
It's a vow. It's a vow. Beautiful. Verse 14. Here it is. Verse 14. I will pay my vows unto the Lord in the absence of his people. Do you see it? This is David. And this is Christ. Because you will find this in Psalm 22. Of the one who said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He will cry out, deliver your servant. And I will praise you in the great assembly. I will praise you in the congregation. And I will make your salvation known to everybody. It's a vow. Mm. Do you see it? Do you see, therefore, for the people of God, worship is a commitment to God at a public level. You don't get up in a lackadaisical, ho-hum way about something by which the angels and the demons and the principalities and the powers get an opportunity one more time to know that Christ died and he was buried and he rose again and he ascended on high and he led captive the captives and he made an open show of all of our enemies before heaven and earth in the salvation of our souls. Yeah, no, yet yeah. see, 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 you are totally missing the correlation between worship and the God that died for you. Totally missing it. And every time I show up to church, I won a battle. Every time God graced me to choose spiritual things, I won a battle. All right, I'm going to close, close it this way now. Many, many more verses. Many, many more, more verses. Jephthah kept it real with God. Notice what the text says. In verse 31 of chapter 11. Then it shall be that whatsoever or whosoever comes forth out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace. Do you see it? When I return in peace. When God keeps me going into the battle and keeps me in the midst of the battle. When we know that some people have to die in the battle and God brings me through the battle. The man that just a little while ago was rejected by the people that he's about to deliver. The man that knows he can't win this battle by himself. The man that knows if he goes into this battle, he's likely to die. That's why we pray for our soldiers. Because they are laying down their life. Are y'all hearing me? Jephthah has just essentially written his life away. And he's saying, God, if you work a miracle, then Psalm 91 will come to pass. All the darts and all the arrows 
10,000 on this side, 1,000 on that side. Folks falling, a, a, a falling down dead all around him. And God keeping his servant through the whole battle. See what I'm saying, child of God? Am I making some sense to you? Jephthah highly valued every second in a battle that God had called him to, to keep him every second through that battle and get him back home to his babies. Get him back home to his babies. Lord, if you get me back home to my babies, if you get me back home in peace, oh Lord, whatever comes out that door is yours. Did God honor Jephthah's vow? He lived, didn't he? He made it through the war, didn't he? He got on the other side of that battle, didn't he? God honored him, didn't he? See what I'm saying? So vows are promises made to God to deliver you from a plight you cannot deliver yourself from. And when God delivers you, see it as that. God delivered me, not the doctor, God, not the lawyer, God, not the wise man, God. And you will glorify me. Now Gideon is going to make good on his vow. Is he not? The text is so clear. It's beautiful. It's not sad. It's a joyous reality. Verse 35. Came to pass. I'm sorry. Verse 34. And Jephthah came to Mitzvah into his house. And behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dance. And she was his only child. Do you see it? Do you see the only child motif? The one and only beloved of his heart who now has to be sacrificed for the victory that he won for the whole people. Do you see it? Do you see it? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son in a battle of hell to redeem men and women from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. The beauty of this text is absolutely fabulous. uh, Jephthah honored the father. The father honored Jephthah. Jephthah is now going to do what he said he's going to do. And that baby girl is going to honor her daddy simply because she believes God too. Do you see it? Do you see the beauty of covenant love? Do you see the unity of the father and the son? Do you see the splendor of the church, the body of Christ with Christ? Greater love hath no man than this than that he lay down his life for the one he loves. Y'all watching, y'all seeing what I'm saying. Very important here. Will you listen to what the text says, verse 35? And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, alas, my daughter, that only indicates he loved her. Y'all got a few more minutes? It indicates he loved her. Now, you're going to get theologians that's really going to be really pressing into this text. 
Jephthah. <laughs> Bruh. The only person that's going to be in that house is maybe some servants, some goats, your wife, and probably you was hoping just one of them would have come out the house. I want y'all to work with it because it's true. That plausibility is high. You know what we often do? I should stop. But what we often do is we really hyper-contemporize the text and we make it our house. Now, Jephthah is a ruler in his own right. Remember, we have servants in our homes. Home-born slaves, bought slaves. Abraham had 318. Had Abraham said this, whatever comes out of my house, Lord, I'll give it to you. If you deliver me, it would have been highly plausible that a servant would have come from the left or a servant from the right with a goat or a bullock, and it would have never touched Abraham's immediate family. Am I making sense? And it would have been honorable to the Lord. Because I want you to read in your own time, Leviticus 7 and Leviticus Leviticus 21. Vows were something that God said you could make to me. They were not compulsory. They were not mandated. They were expressions of the people of God for the bounty that God gave them that they could give beyond the tithe, beyond the offering, whatever they wanted to give to God. Are you keeping up with me? Sheep and goats. And you ready for this? Children, we're getting ready to deal with a man whose whole life is a vow. His name is Samson. Y'all keeping up with me? He's not even conceived yet. And the Lord tells his mama, this is what I want you to do for him because I want him to be consecrated unto me. Y'all keeping up with me? All right, just in case you're just wondering, what is this of giving up your daughter? He wasn't sure that that was going to be his daughter. It's obvious, isn't it? So we're not dealing with some kind of sadomasochistic pagan ritual of offering up children as firstborn. Am I making sense? Micah chapter 7 makes it very clear. I'm not going to take your firstborn. I'm not going to take your child as an offering. That child can't pay for anybody's sin, let alone their own. So why then is this text so important to us? It's because what what Jephthah now has to give up is his own heart. And he has to show God that it was his heart that was in the vow. Are you hearing me? And just to settle you down into this reality, child of God, our father Abraham had to offer up Isaac. Y'all keeping up with me? For which the whole pagan world I live in, atheists, agnostics, intellectuals, and everything, will, again, want to reject the Bible uh, testimony as wise simply because God mandated that Abraham offer up Isaac, calling the Jewish religion some type of bloody religion. Now, God knew what he was doing, didn't he? He had a ram in the thicket for Isaac too, didn't he? Like God has a ram in the thicket for every one of us that offer ourselves willingly unto the Lord. Hannah in a battle with Penina and all of the spiritual conflict that came into her shame and her humility and her barrenness. She promised the Lord, if you give me that child, 
I'm giving them back to you. Y'all keeping up with me? Y'all keeping up with me? See, your Bible is full of it. Your Bible is full of it. The tenderness of the closing of this text makes me joyful. Because this girl didn't chafe. She didn't complain. She didn't say, woe is me. She honored her father. And you know what she said? The Lord has delivered you from the enemy. He granted you victory over your foes. Whatever you said to the Lord in a vow, let's honor it. Just give me two months so I can go shopping with my girls. That's my translation. Y'all with me? Let me just do two months of freelance shopping. Because I'm going to be a virgin for the rest of my life. I'm never going to be able to be married. I'm going to have to serve as a single woman. Because the text does not even remotely mean that he was going to kill her. So don't you spend five seconds believing that. A whole burnt offering is what the life of Christ was. A whole burnt offering. From the time he said yes to his father in eternity past to limit himself to a human nature, that was a whole burnt offering. For the rest of eternity, Christ will assume our limitations and all the problems we went through, he went through. And then the sufferings of an untold amount of wrath that you and I could never ever begin to imagine. He vowed to his father and his father vowed to him that by the accomplishment of the suffering of the son that the father would sacrifice in our behalf in raising him up from the dead, Jesus would be seated at the right hand of God and through a people from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue, the world would know how glorious the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is in their love for sinners. So, one last verse just to help you get it. Verse 36, just to close out here. And she said unto him, My father, if you have opened your mouth unto the Lord. This is remarkable. He didn't send a text home to her in that excursion. She's just getting this news. She's just getting this news. She comes out of, the, out of the house rejoicing because when a war is won for the Lord's glory and by the Lord, you rejoice. And immediately she's finding out that her life ends in terms of a prospect of a Hebrew woman finding a good man and maybe being the mother of Messiah Yeshua Hashem. It's over with. Are y'all hearing me? And look how quickly she's able to defer in her heart for God's glory and for the glory of her dad. See, she's one with him. She's one with with her father as her father is one with God. Y'all see what I'm saying? Beautiful. 
Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 1. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who is this, saints? Why are you so far from helping me? And the words of my roar. And if you take these verses and run them for the next 10 verses, Jesus is excruciatingly suffering under the separation of his father consciously and the weight of the wrath of God for our sins. And he's appealing to God like he did in the Garden of Gethsemane to help him. And does the Lord help his servant? You better know he helps his servant. Start with me now over at verse 20. I'm going to walk through verse 25. Are you there? Psalm 22, verse 20. This is still Jesus talking, whether you know it or not. David wrote it. Jesus is talking. Psalm 22, verse 20. Deliver my soul from the sword. Is that Jesus talking? Indeed. My darling from the power of the dog. This is all a metaphor of Jesus hanging on the cross, bearing the wrath of God while dogs are surrounding him. The dogs are the dogs of the apostate Jews and the Roman Empire. Jesus is a man just like you and I who was touched with the feeling of our infirmities and he feared too, didn't he? Did he fear? Because it's human. It's not sinful in itself. It's human. He needed his God for real, didn't he? Verse 21. Save me from the lion's mouth. For you have heard me from the horns of the bullock. The unicorn is a bad translation in the 21st century, so don't be looking at colored horses with a straight horn. Notice what he says. I want you to see it now. Save me, Lord. And if you save me, I will declare your name unto my brethren. You see how he's back in worship again? In the midst of the congregation, will I do what? I will praise you. Look at the next verse. 23, ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye that, all ye seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel, verse 24. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. Now, who is the afflicted one here? Christ. And then us in him. But when he cried unto him, what? God heard him. How do we know God heard him? He raised him from the dead. Somebody give him glory. He raised him from the dead. He knew no sin. He did no sin. In him was no sin at all. No one could convince him that he was a sinner. And yet, for many sinners, he died in our behalf. But because he was not a sinner, God raised him from the dead. In verse 25. Verse 25. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. This is Jesus talking. I will pay my vows. 
before them that fear him. See it? You see it? I hope you grow in your understanding of worship. I hope you grow in your understanding of warfare. I hope you grow in your understanding of being able to believe that God will deliver you in your time of trouble. I hope you grow in learning how to pay your vows unto the Lord who has done such great things for you. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.